The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The views and opinions expressed by A Little Bit Culty are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the podcast. No, they don't. Any of the ridiculously thought-provoking content provided by our guests, bloggers, sponsors, or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, group, club, organization, business, individual, anyone, or anything. Also, we're not doctors, psychologists, or Her Supreme Holiness, Gwyneth Paltrow. Goop! We're just two mortals trying to make a gluten-free, holistically helpful podcast that helps informs and entertains and maybe moisturizes. Silky, silky smooth. Mm. Hey, everybody. Sarah Edmondson here. And I'm Anthony Ames, a.k.a. Nippy, Sarah's husband. And you're listening to A, a Little, Little Bit, Bit Culty, a.k.a. ALBC. A podcast about what happens when devotion goes to the dark side. We've been there and back again. A little about us. True story. We met and fell in love in a cult. And then we woke up and got the hell out of Dodge. And the whole thing was captured in the HBO docuseries, The Vow, now in its second season. I also wrote about our experience in my memoir, Scarred. The true story of how I escaped Nexium, the cult that bound my life. Look at us, a couple of married podcasters who just happen to have a weekly date night where we interview experts and advocates in things like cult awareness and mind control. Wait, 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 wait. This does not count toward date night, babe. We got to schedule that. That's separate. So there's two days we got to hang out? <laughs> we do this podcast thing because we learned a lot on our exit ramp out of Nexium, still on that journey, and we want to pay the lessons forward with the help of other cult survivors and whistleblowers. We know all too well that cult things happen. It happens to people every day across every walk of life. So join us each week to tackle these culty dynamics everywhere from online dating to mega churches and multi-level marketing. This stuff really is everywhere. The cultiverse just keeps on expanding and so are we. Welcome to season five of A Little Bit Culty, serving cult content and word salads weekly on your favorite podcast platforms. Learn more at a littlebitculty.com. Our first AMA season five. Emma. Welcome back, everybody. Hi, babe. That's your voiceover. That's <laughs> my voice. NPR voice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not your NPR voice. It's just your... Hi, everybody. Keep her peppy. <laughs> oh, here we are. Our first AMA here in Atlanta. Holy shit. I know. We're we here. We moved to Atlanta. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> How you doing, sir? How you doing? I'm from Canada. You look good. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that bad. For some reason, that's just creepy. But, you know, people have been asking, why did we do this? Really? Yeah. Only people in Canada were like, why are you moving to the South? <laughs> There's some people here who are like, why did you move from Canada? Well, they're curious. Yeah. And it's really a lot of reasons. And we shall reveal those. But one of them is that, you know, we were ready for a fresh start after everything we'd, we'd gone through. Theoretically, a house you can afford. A house you can afford, being close to Nippy's fam. Let's be honest. Football. 
Football, <laughs> yes, I definitely moved here. For, well, as most people know, that's not part of my upbringing, but I feel like I've really embraced it. You know, I you have. I really you have. have. My son's team name is the Cougars, and all the moms printed out these hats with gold lettering. It says Cougars, and they were. The Thanks, game. Amy and Shauna. <laughs> I love my Cougar hat. Sarah's like. Okay, I'm gonna roll with it. So go you've this. been great. Listen, been I resisted great. being a hockey mom back in Vancouver because the, the hours you have to get up like really early in the morning, and I just can't. I, I well, would, as I would they would have, as they would have said in Nexium, I was too attached to my comfort and my sleep. Me too. Yeah, and that's true. That, that was more important than my son's burgeoning hockey career. And then soccer mom, you know, there's the typical soccer mom, but I am officially a football mom and I had my football dad. I'm part-time coach. That wasn't, but that, but that's like, that's like a natural progression for you. Yeah, You know, that's coming from a, you know, playing quarterback at Brown and. How about the fact that I tell the, I'm I'm wearing a purple wristband right now. Why, why is that important, Nippy? So for People who know college football, and I don't think that's a lot of our audience. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do an episode on the culty shit that happens. Football and, and we'll yeah. get some people. How about them dogs? How about them dogs? Troy's football team has a kid on it named Bobby Bowden, and he's the great-grandchild of the legendary football coach at Florida State, Bobby Bowden. And he's on his team. And I got to meet Bobby Bowden's son, Terry Bowden, who was a coach, and he was a head coach at Clemson. And we went to Bobby Bowden's grandchild's birthday on Sunday and had all this Clemson paraphernalia. And I'm a big wristband guy, call them COVID bands, because that's when I started wearing them again. But we we moved right into the heart of college football and then had the great grandchild of college football's grandchild on our team. So and that it's, was so cool. And also Bobby's son, Terry, Bobby, young Bobby's grandfather was really cool. And then we found out that they were big fans of the vow. So that's yeah. what, that was. There's been a couple of people who like recognize this, but they don't say anything because they don't know our comfort level. And they're like, we saw y'all. We saw y'all show. <laughs> so, yeah, just let us have it. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we're pretty public. Yeah. If you see us out in the world, you're totally welcome to say hi. But worlds have collided, right? Our worlds College have football collided. and cults, and it's been great. Everything's fallen into place except for the house. If anyone knows of a of a home that's suitable for a our house family, that you just want to give away. <laughs> yeah, like you you just feel like passing on your home. We are ready for one. Oh, and I had the uh, I was at the Florence and the Machine concert, which yes, was an were. amazing show. Ditch me with the kids. Oh, it was whatever. It's but, cool. But I, I didn't tell you this because I was saving it for this moment. Nip. It really? was really interesting because a lot of the audience was dressed in like sort of costumes, kind of like a cosplay kind of feel to it, but with these like flower flower wreaths and a lot of people in sort of like ethereal fairy bird costumes. And and there was a, I don't know if you've seen the movie Midsummer about a cult. It was a mid, sort of a Midsummer vibe. And I, I was clocking that and feeling a number of things as I was watching this incredible, like. Nostalgic? Not nostalgic, <laughs> no. But she spoke to the audience a number of times and saying like, Georgia, you're amazing. This is my terrible Florence impersonation. It's not but, bad. But then she was said something about like, the parents of any younger kids that were there might look in this audience and say, what is this? Is this a cult? And she said that. And I, mm. I was laughing with my friends that I went to the concert with about it did have that, you know, that vibe. And then I was reflecting while listening to the music, as you do, that I was having an experience. I, I had a couple moments where the music was 
you know, took me on a journey and I got emotional. You know, don't laugh. Don't make that face at me. And Nippy's like, just the judgy face. I, but I was thinking about. I'm loving you, Sarah. I know. Thinking about like, you know, I don't go to church. I don't go to synagogue. For me, that is what music is. And it's what, you know, you see a big group of people. I wasn't dressed that way, but I, I was, you know, in a sort of peasanty summer dress. And so I fit in. I felt like I fit in. But and carefully picked out and curated. Yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, no, absolutely. But I was thinking, damn, I wish I'd brought my flower crown because I have one from Erica's bridal shower. Anyway, I digress. My point is, is that, that, that it's kind of culty, you know, that like But you can go cult. home without you can repercussions go home, to your but, family but this that is, they're not trying to divide. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you could leave without <laughs> Lots of being shunned and... But there is this like, you know, hero worship and there's somebody on a stage. I guess the thing that, that the element of it that I miss not being religious is feeling like there's an emotional swell. For sure. Of the gospel music. Gospel music. Go- I mean, gospel music is incredibly oh. heart gripping. Of course, the gummy helped a little bit. But those are the things that like Alice Gretchen talked about in, in our episode with her about evangelical Christianity, that she believes that there's there's like a hypnotic well, that's trans, probably what's like, leveraged, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and then they also couple that with the need to belong. You got the precursors. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's been a great, one thing that Atlanta is known for is its concerts and its food scene. And we're just. And it's highways. Oh, just the highways are crazy. Could someone please do something about the crazy drivers on the highways in Atlanta? Could like, could the police pull people over for driving like it's a death wish or like it's what's that video game where you grand theft yeah like it's it's insane so here we are we survived six weeks in atlanta it's great we're loving it fall's great sarah you're gonna love the fall here i already do and how are Um, you feeling about the vow coming up in a couple weeks vow season two um how am i feeling do you want to answer that one first you know just like all of you i don't know i don't know what it's going to be other than we know that there's a focus on the trial, and we we now know from the official trailer that Nancy gets interviewed. And it was definitely cringy to hear her voice and to see her what seems to be, and I haven't seen the whole interview unless there's like a, you know, I hate to use this term, but come to Jesus moment in the end where she come, recognizes— Come to Vanguard Come moment. to Vanguard moment where she takes responsibility, but she seems like she's not yet. I don't know, but— some people have said, like, why give her or Keith a voice? You know, that's not fair to the actual victims. And, you know, I think at this point, anything that they say is not going to—I could be wrong. I'll weigh in on this when we do our Patreon behind-the-scenes live stream That's right. Look at you. I'll weigh in on it then once we've watched it. But right now, there's nothing that they could say that I think any— one in reality in the world would go, oh, maybe it wasn't so bad. Oh, I see the merits of— of branding. branding, you know, or whatever. I've said this before. And Are you going to say it again? I'm going to say it again. All right. What's that, babe? Oh, you're psychic. Unless the narrative is, oh, my God, how are you? How are you doing? Sorry I didn't have your back. Sorry what you went through. And more responsibility. And the premise and the conversation is under those assumptions. I'm not really interested in engaging in any sort of discourse about the vow or anything like that, you know? And I'm not interested in really watching people try and bend the truth to save themselves, even though I feel like I'm going to watch it because it's our story and we're, we're commenting on it. The only thing I'm curious about really is what went on, really went on. But other than that, I don't, I'm not interested in going down and opening up that kind of, that latent kind of... That well? <laughs> well, your nervous system goes through that kind of rush 
you know, when you kind of see the story and, and you're involved with it. And I just, I'm tired of that. <laughs> I like where our life is going. I like the fact that our problems right now are getting our kids to school on time rather than trying to take down a cult and deal with all the stress of that. Yeah, and, it's nice, it's and, nice and not being vow, stressed about that stuff. The vow is kind of a reminder of that. And I never gave validity to stress until I went through it in that degree. And I'm just not particularly interested in that. I'm not particularly interested in seeing people that were hurt have their words twisted and then shamed and all that stuff by a select few of people who have refused to pivot to the truth. So that part of it, you know, it's also, we were friends with those people. I don't like seeing them in that place either. Mm -hmm. So it's like a double whammy. And then you feel like you got to take their shit a little bit. I agree. I do feel, however, like because we haven't been allowed to communicate slash we're being shunned so we can't communicate yeah. because I have had that. There's this whole like I am curious to see what's happened outside of our bubble. And that's not necessarily with the loyalists. It's just every, everything and... like like when we saw season one, we saw things for the first time in real time with the rest of the world. For me, there's something kind of like healing about having the closure to wrap that part of it up. I'm curious in this sort of voyeuristic, weird way of like, okay, so what was, what, while we were healing or while we were recovering or while we were talking to the FBI, what were these people doing? Mm -hmm. If for me, it's like filling in the voids of, of knowing what actually happened. Knowing what actually yeah. happened and, and sort of fleshing out the whole picture so I can wrap it up put it in a box and put it away and and hopefully we'll be able to do that after the six weeks of the vow premiering <laughs> it'll be six weeks every uh, week we are going to do a live stream and debrief it and that's going to be cool and you can interact with us on and we're going to be doing patreon it potentially with mark vicente every time yes and maybe some other ex nexians also known as nexian what's it, what do we call them nexians xp xpians 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 we called them Stay tuned for that. But we're going to be be unpacking a lot over on Patreon. But yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, that sums it up. This is the golden age of cult recovery. The more we speak up and share our stories, the more we realize we are not alone. Your voice and your story can empower others. This is Sarah, and I'm proud to be a founding collaborator of the hashtag I Got Out movement. Learn more at igotout.org. Well, we've also been enjoying our daily messages from our listeners, even though we've taken a big break and we really appreciate you being patient with us. We needed this time, but I promise it'll be all worth it for the, what we have. Pipe. Yeah. So we have this thing now called speak pipe and people are leaving messages. I'm going to leave it alone because I think that's a mature thing to do, but I've been cracking some jokes. Yes. We'll, we'll <laughs> leave it that. speak pipe. Yeah. You can imagine what it be did with that name. Before we do, there's one person, I'm not going to say his name because he wanted to be anonymous, but he gave me permission to read out his journey with us. And I think it's interesting because I'm sure it kind of makes me happy because I'm sure he's not the only one. It's basically somebody who like reached out way at the beginning saying, you know, he, he just thinks it's not good that we are, I'm, I'm summarizing here, you know, we're painting all spiritual leaders with the brush of, you know, that they're con artists and and he thinks it's dangerous to like lump everybody together and, you know, was hesitant about that angle that we were taking, but also, and then every now and then he would weigh in and then he, he shared that he felt like, okay, we're not doing that. We're just giving people the tools so they can analyze 
is what their leader's doing okay or not okay, whether it's yoga or business or whatever the background is to the behavior. And then he wrote to us that he wanted to share something and that he was possibly wrong. And I thought I wanted to share this. So he said, I know your messages are growing and growing. And a while back, I pointed out that I thought all gurus and spiritual teachers were being dogged unfairly. And the more I heard from your responses, the more I realized that's not what you meant, but that we should have agency to think for ourselves and be aware of the red flags. And so he doesn't want to out this person, so I'm not going to mention their name. But he was realizing that this group that he's gotten a lot of insight from through meditation and other practical tips for health and life, he said, during one meetup, Someone told him how he could take the next step and bring his focus deeper by making a commitment to a lifestyle of being more receptive to his grace and sent him a link. And the link is basically offering to pay 7% of all of your income to the guru. And he basically said he realized that the verbiage of this offer had so many red flags and it alarmed him strongly only because he'd seen the vow and listened to the podcast. And he decided he would not accept the honor and privilege to fork over 7% of his life savings, <laughs> to which we said he could use that money to buy some <laughs> little bit culty merch and join us over on Patreon, to which he thought that was very funny. But we had this whole back and forth about it. And it really stuck out for me as like a win yeah, yeah. for the podcast and for what we're doing, because I feel like if we can give people tools to see the red flags and make informed decisions, great. Again, we're not pointing out you're a cult. You're, you're not a cult. It's just knowledge. Yeah. You know, that was the whole impetus behind this thing is turn our story into knowledge and content. Yes. Boom. Boom. We're fist bumping over here, guys. Now people can also share their feedback and tell us what chaps their respective asses and tell us about their cults on SpeakPipe. And they can their ask questions. Respective asses? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the proper, <laughs> proper yeah, grammar? Sounded funny. Oh, yes. It's funny. Okay. So here we are. This is a question for you, Nippy. Mm. I'm going to play this. Hello. I was just curious. Um, Nippy has nicknames for everyone. And I was wondering, does he have a nickname for Keith Ranieri, like both when you were in Nexium and after Nexium? Um, I really love your podcast. Thank you. Well, then, <laughs> when we were in, it was more I just called him Keith when I was around him, which wasn't often. But since then... <laughs> <laughs> Van Douche has taken the lead in a lot, and a lot of times I just call him the judo champ. Yeah. Yeah. Because that really sums it up. Yeah. It's a real, real judo Which, champ. incidentally, I hear he's getting his ass handed to him in prison. So why doesn't he use his judo uh, champ skills? Yeah, like, oh, no, because he doesn't believe in violence, actually. He's I'm just wondering. Like, just like Gandhi. When do you use those judo skills? I think that prison would be a great place to test it, since he's all about testing and wanting to know measurement and where he stands with things. Yeah, he always wants idea. to earn his authority. Mm-hmm. Prison's a great place to do that. It's also a great place to really see how enlightened you are, since yeah. he always spoke about that true freedom is in the mind yeah. and that you can experience joy no matter what your circumstances are, just like Nelson Mandela. Mm. And I'm quoting him. I'm not being facetious. That's what he used to say. Mm -hmm. So it's really just karmically beautiful, poetic. I would also add that when we were in Nexium, we often didn't call Keith and Nancy... Vanguard and Prefect, we called them P and V. Like, hey. Yeah, I didn't. Well, it was in text format, but people referred, which I also thought was kind of funny, what, secretively, who? because people all the time, like Lola would be like, P. Oh, my, you mean you know, the inner circle. The, yeah, people referred to them as P and V, which I also thought secretly was funny because it was also penis and vagina. But that, no, that's nobody. Your, nobody that's <laughs> your work. That's your. <laughs> that's just my that's level of your, maturity. That's your work, Sarah. <laughs> 
Good but to know. But Sid said, you're right. Van Douche, Voldemort, as you know, sometimes we call him Alan or KR. I try not to call him. Yeah, I try not to refer to him as anything. But he also had nicknames for a lot of people, right? Lauren yeah. was for Lauren. Yeah, no, those weren't nicknames. Those were insults. Yeah, well, now we know it's insults. I will say for me, I think I've talked about this in the podcast, Mother of Troy, the way he said it. I didn't understand like what the what the joke was, but I think it was a joke on the other women who couldn't have kids. I think it was his own cruelty for the other women. That's what I think, but I don't know. Never know. Never know. Okay, so uh, next question. Hi, this is Jennifer Rose from Texas. Hi, Sarah Nippy. I love you guys, and you guys are an inspiration. I wanted to share uh, what chops my ass, and that would be when a partner gaslights their significant other and makes them feel crazy. It really chops my ass because of the fact that I feel it takes away their sanity for one and it makes them not trust their own intuition inside. And when they can't trust themselves, it leaves them very vulnerable. So it really chops my ass when I see that. And it was done to me. So I know how it feels. But yeah, so that's what chops my ass. And you guys are doing an amazing job. And I love the healing journey for y'all. It looks really good on you. All right. Love y'all. Bye. Jen Rose, I love that it's the healing journey for y'all because I feel that way. She's saying chops my ass. I think she said chops. Chops. Yeah, it's just, like Jen, it's just, you know, it's chaps my ass. But either way, I mean, I, like I think. chop. I mean, we can, we can add <laughs> we that We can roll segment. with that. Chop slash chap. You know, gaslighting from anyone sucks. And we agree. We agree. Yeah. I specifically. Sarah tries it with me. <laughs> <laughs> I tease. Why? Because I yeah. love. Yeah. Well, we, we, we laugh about this too. Sometimes, you know, in normal marital challenges, you know, one person has something to say to the other person. And if you respond with anything other than thank you for that feedback, like, you know, well, you do this I'm too. I'm not sure I've ever responded with thank you for that <laughs> exactly. feedback, to be fair. So if I'm like, hey, Nip, can you get off your phone? If Nippy goes, what are you talking about? Like, you're on your phone more. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, te- technically, that is like, like you know. could be gaslighting, but it's also just deflecting, you know, yeah. and, and not looking at what I'm pointing out yeah. versus like, oh, sweetheart, thanks for pointing that out. It's what you're saying. You'd like me to be more present. Let me attend to that. And you're every need. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't go, I'm feeling vulnerable right now because <laughs> I'm pointing out a flaw. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. But I, you know, that's really what's going yes. on. That's the subtext. But we have to say like every time someone's deflecting, isn't necessarily gaslighting. And I think we talked about this when we had Amanda well, Montel on our episode that like, oh, well, it's, it's then overused. It, it's kind of then going on the offensive and making Whatever's going on with you, the problem. Right. Right. That chaps my ass. And we have like gaslighting off somewhere in like joke fights. Yes. And I think we're going to do a whole Patreon bonus episode. You keep saying that. Where Nippy and I just like gaslight each other back and forth. I can't see that being that fun and interesting for people. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like say something to me and I'm going to give an example just to to entice people. Give me a complaint. Oh, I got one. Mm -hmm. This is real. I hate waiting for you in the car. I knew you were going to say yeah, that. Well, it's, it's literally, you take that element out of our relationship and it's... We we're gotta, perfect, yeah. right. So you don't like when... I don't like when I have to wait for you in the car when I'm and ready to go. And what about it specifically bothers you? I feel like you're totally disrespectful of everyone else's ah, time. And how does that relate to your life issue? <laughs> 
so good. It's so you can good. always live now, it back. Because now I'm like, well, you're saying I don't give a shit about people's no, time? Well, no, no. Well, that's where I go it, in my it, head. It would, it would really, if we were next game, you would have had to go journal on how me doing that brings up your issues around disrespect and how that relates to your life issue of like how you don't respect or fully love yourself and, and your no own relationship. To, talking yeah. about the fact right. that you being. Right. It takes late. it off me and yeah. puts it back onto you, which you may have that so, issue. Back, back to what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> back to the original gripe. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's play with this for one more minute. So, so, no, no, so I'm done. no, no, I'm I've done. got more to done. say. Because no, no, This is a real issue. So let, the, okay. So now you say you don't like waiting for me. Right. Yeah. And I could say, oh, you seem really upset about that. I do. Yes. Yeah. So have you journaled about it? I don't journal. It seems like you're vested. And I would suggest that you talk to your coach about what's the fear underneath that. And then we can have a discussion. Do you mean handle this like I'm <laughs> not being gaslit? <laughs> yes. Or I'd be like, I'll do all that, but let's dress while you're late. That's how you'd respond to it outside yeah. of Nexium. But if he and said then- if he said that to me in the context of Nexium, I would say something like, it seems like you're not willing to look at the issue and that's fine. You don't have to look at this. It's This is your life. And if you don't want to grow through it, that's totally your prerogative, but I'll be here for you. Faux empathy. Nippy. Yeah. Yeah. I, if it was really real, be, it seems like you're not willing to look at this yet and that's totally okay. Everyone will tackle an issue when they're ready. And that's okay. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> the one person in particular that would say that in the most annoying voice and you oh, couldn't yeah. escape. Oh, dude, so. Well, you could escape. You just shut up and leave. Yeah. That's what I would do. Hey there, listener. Hope you're enjoying this episode and that you're remembering to hydrate, stretch, and unclench your jaws. Sometimes listening to conversations about heavy topics can really make you tighten up, you know? And remember, a little bit culty loves you. Also, come hang out with us on Patreon after you finish this episode. It's fun over there. Fun is good. And now, here's a brief message from our sponsors. So, we're going to do a whole episode where we just gaslight each other. Well, let's just bring some people on and just gaslight each other for 30 minutes. I don't know if people are going to sit through gaslighting for 30 minutes. They might do it for five. To pay. To <laughs> pay. To do gaslighting. Just don't do it to them. Uh, okay. So that's like an example of the kind of thing we're going to do. What else are we going to do? Ask the next question. Oh, we're actually going to EM somebody. Yeah, we're going to eat. We're going to bring somebody on with an issue and give them a sample EM. Our good friend Billy from Seattle slash Arizona has been asking for an EM since, we, since the vow aired. I don't want to touch it, but it'll be fun. I'll okay. let you do that. Yes. We'll do one more. Sure. Hi, you guys. You just saved me $750. So I wanted to thank you guys. I've been listening for a while and learning so much about um, the bite model and being able to really see people who are taking advantage of other people. Uh, I have a chronic health condition and I um, sought out, somebody said, oh, you got to go to this energy healer. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. Um, but tried it, and in the middle of the session, uh, the energy healer's husband walked in and um, immediately interrupted what was going on and said that um, that she said, you know, he's magical and he's really helpful, and um, so he'll just take a look at, at what's going on here. And he immediately took over the session and t- put a, um, like did a bunch of, quote, diagnostic things and said that I was... Um, overloaded with, quote, dark entities that were brought about due to vaccination for COVID. 
And uh, anyway, he, he said that I had to have this, um, this meditation, he called it, where he would bring in spirits from the outside to cast out these dark entities. Um, and he would do this by going into the ocean. And that, um, that it would only cost me, he first, he, he like joked, he was like, oh, it'll only cost you your, your daughter. Which of course, like my, <laughs> yeah, um, ha ha ha. And then, oh, it'll just cost you your husband. And I was, and then immediately I started thinking about the bite model and I was like, oh, check, check, check. And he started to say, you know, I'm really amazing at this. And I've done this uh, many times and -and so-and-so this and -and so-and-so that, and I'm the best there is and blah, 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 blah. Um, And it was just, uh, it was more than a little bit (laughs) culty. It was like, oh, this is Keith before he had 10,000 followers. And um, this is why I'm going to say no right now. And I did. And I said, no, I'm, I'm doing great. And thanks so much. And then he said, well, obviously you're not doing great, which I'm not actually. And I said, thank you for this generous offer. I need to make a clear decision about this. And now is not the time. And he pushed back. He said, I was the worst case he'd ever seen that I needed clearance now that if I didn't, I was at extreme risk for a stroke. And I said, again, you know, this isn't the time for me to make this decision. He says, is, is it the cost? And I said, well, you haven't told me how much. He's like, well, it's $750 and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? I um, Again, this just is not the time for me to make this decision. And he said, well, you know, this is clouding your judgment. These dark entities are really, that I can feel that they're getting in the way and on and on and on. Anyway, so I finally shut it down by saying, I know this seems crazy to you for me to decline, but I need to make my decision. And now is not the time. Um, and so he finally went away. He, he first wanted to talk to my husband and he wanted to talk to a, a mutual friend of ours. And I said no to both of those. So I think I said no, like six times. <laughs> um, I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't been listening to you guys. Uh, so thanks so much. And, um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing and educating the larger public. Uh, because there's a lot of people out there that I think, think they are doing a good thing. Um, but are, uh, misguided and can find their way into greed and um, bullying really fast. So thanks so much. You guys are awesome. What do we learn from that, Nip? That what we're doing is working. <laughs> yeah, I really oh, great. appreciate <laughs> that she trusted her gut slash took what she learned from the podcast and, and made an informed decision. Again, she can use the $750 towards some little bit culty merch. Joining nah, us nah, over nah. on Patreon. Just kidding. Invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to wrap this up with a good and a bad review. I have some lined up. I'm going to read you what I found, what my favorite was. Sure. Okay. I'm going to read the good one first. This is from Catherine Myra. I'm constantly searching for a good podcast about cults. I listened to many of them and thought I'd run out of all the good ones until I discovered a little bit culty. I love that it's Canadian, eh? As there just aren't enough Canadian podcasts. It's real and intimate, and Sarah and Nippy are not afraid of questioning and revealing their deepest thoughts and motives. I like the interplay between them, which is moving the story ahead rather than just talking for the sake of talking, although we do tend to talk a lot, as in a lot of podcasts. Thank you, Catherine. And I thought that was a good contrast to go with this one, which was only one star. This shows you how this is, you know, it's not objective, it's subjective. This person wrote, got sick of the podcast title within the first three episodes after hearing it nonstop. Shortly thereafter, I got sick of the hosts who are nauseatingly cute with each other. (laughs) There are better and more serious podcasts about cults out there. 
I don't mind being nauseatingly cute. That might be true, too. (laughs) (laughs) And there's definitely way more serious podcasts about cults, but that's not our jam. I was talking about the nauseating part. Oh, yeah. Also true. (laughs) This one I thought was just hilarious. Also got one star from Wreckbat. Ex-culty people dancing around being anti-vax slash anti-mask and still drinking the Kool-Aid. First of all, Wreckbat. It was Flavor Aid in the Jonestown, and that's just obviously you don't even know what you're talking about. Secondly, anti vax, anti mask. Have we ever said anything about anything like that? I don't think so. I don't like wearing a mask. I mean, I don't know if anyone likes wearing a mask. And if you look at my Instagram, you'll see me on a plane looking like a complete idiot because I'm wearing a screen and an N95. Oh, you remember when you wore like the (laughs) hard hat and the thing in front of your face? I've been all all over the spectrum on what to believe on this. Oh, I mean, listen. We will always be questioning everything because we won't ever just be sheep again. Doesn't make us anti-vax, anti-mask. And if you can't question shit, then that's guilty. You got to log on and put one star for that. Yeah. What about another positive one? Let's end on a positive note. How about this one? This is five stars. I have to tell you how much you've touched my heart, moved my spirit of healing, and created a new and healthy way of following a movement, your podcast. I hope not in a culty way. I now realize that I woke up not just once, but four times in my 49 years. I'm a year alcohol-free on Friday, the 15th. And let me tell you, it's been a year of self-discovery and self-acceptance. You guys are part of that journey, and I want to thank you for sharing your truth and guiding me to accept my decisions with no shame and becoming even stronger in my healing. With gratitude, Nick. Thank you, Nick, for sharing that. Great segue into to asking. The ask is, if anyone's had a good experience Please share your thoughts in a review. It really does help the podcast. And share it with a friend who you think might be in a cult. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our AMA. Okay, well, that's it for now. And if you want more of what we're serving up, join us at Patreon, as Sarah's mentioned. Multiple times. We'll be unpacking, which is a term I think we need to find another word for, our episodes. And also every frame, almost every frame of the Vowel Season 2 in detail. And there are all kinds of fun treats for subscribers over there as well. And be sure to leave us a voicemail at littlebitculty.com forward slash voicemail. And we might answer it on air very soon. Just let it rip. We have Hit some us up. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Sink and dive to the depths of the ocean. I'm hanging on to the weight of my love. If I let go of it all, I could leave. But I know. Hope you like this episode. Let's keep the conversation going and come hang out with us on Patreon, where we keep the tape rolling each week with special episodes just for Patreon subscribers and where we get deep into the weeds of unpacking every episode of The Vow. And if you're looking for our show notes or some sweet, sweet swag or official ALBC podcast merch or a list of our most recommended cult recovery resources, visit our website at alittlebitculty.com. And for more background on what brought us here, check out Sarah's page-turning memoir. It's called Scarred true story of how I escaped Nexium, the cult that bound my life. It's available on Amazon, Audible, narrated by my wife, and at most bookstores. A Little Bit Culty is a TalkHouse podcast and a Trace 120 production. We're executive produced by Sarah Edmondson and Anthony Nippy Ames, with writing, research, and additional production support by senior producer Jess Tardy. We're edited, mixed, and mastered by our rocking producer, Will Rutherford of Citizens of Sound, and our amazing theme song, Cultivated, is by John Bryant and co-written by Nigel Asselin. Thank you for listening.